don't some things in life twist you? I mean, life can get twisted where I think it makes you want to shout. And today I want to look at a game that says, it promises that it'll tie you up in knots, and that's Twister. And I'm going to be honest with you, my, my first experience and impression of this game was not a, not a good one. I mean, the, the game looks cool. From, from the standpoint, uh, it's got this great uh, mat, I guess you would call it, and uh, it's like a flashback to the 60s almost. But I, I, it's very colorful. You've got uh, green and yellow and blue and red. And I can remember watching the uh, commercials of this game. And the game looked really cool. It, it, was, it looked like it had a challenge of strength and coordination and a little bit of strategy. And so my next-door neighbor, Steve, uh, bought the game. And uh, I remember him coming home with it. And he said, I got that new game, Twister. You know? And we had seen the ads for it. And I was like, man, off the charts, cool. And so Steve had, had two brothers, uh, Tim and Kurt, and then I had a brother uh, whose name's Flint, and so us five junior high boys got together to play this game. <laughs> now you know why it was, I wasn't impressed with it, right? <laughs> Seriously, this, this is no joke. Five minutes into the game, we sp- kept spinning the spinner and... Pretty soon, we're trying to figure out what this space is like. And we boxed the game up and swore never to talk about it again. <laughs> That's true. That's a, it's, it's absolutely true. And uh, So now, fast ramp us. Steve has a party at his house. And we're all sitting around. Girls on one side, guys on the other. And Steve's mom comes in with the game, and she goes, I thought you kids might like to play this. And I'll be honest, I'm like, no, not the game. I turned to Steve immediately, and I'm like, I'm not playing that game. He's like, I'm not either. And so we sat there, and basically in our minds, this party had went from bad to really bad. But isn't it funny how things twist? Some girls started playing the game. Then some guys jumped in playing. Pretty soon we are in line to play this game. And, and as it turned out, I mean, we had so many people wanting to play the game. We had to eliminate and, you know, begin to, to kind of have a contest with it. And, and the game was a hit. And then I was like, okay, I get it. Well, friends, I think life can be like Twister. You know, life can twist you up. It can mess you up. It can get in your head. I mean, you can have a tragedy. You can have grief. You can, you can have some type of a loss in your life. It might be a financial loss. It might be a job loss or health or, or marriage or, or whatever. But the fact is, life can twist you, can't it? In fact, some of you, as I'm saying that, you go, I'm, I'm being twisted right now. And here's what I believe. The reality is, We hate being twisted. 
We hate when things don't work out. We hate when we, we face a setback or a struggle, that there's some kind of suffering and pain. We just don't want to go there. You know, our society, we, we want to make pain go away. You know, I'm amazed. I was watching this week just to kind of keep track of how many advertisements are about pain relief in life. You know, whether it be muscles or joint pain or stress or headaches, you know, companies advertising some kind of relief, some kind of killer, some kind of, of reducer in pain. You know, and so you can get pills, you can get patches, you can get cream, and they all promise to eliminate it. Do you know the most annoying commercial I am convinced on TV is head-on, applied directly to the head. Head-on, applied directly to the head. Head-on, you know, and I'm like, oh, I hate that. It gets in my head, too. And it's like, I hate it, but I find myself, after I've watched it, going, head-on, applied directly to the head, you know. It's just a nuisance. But what I want to do is take on the topic head-on. And look at what do we do? What do we do when life gets twisted, when life gets messed up? And, and I think there's a, some basic rules that we've got to understand about life. The fact is, life is not fair. Have you figured that one out yet? Life is not fair. It's not going to be a fairy tale, happily ever after kind of existence. And the Bible is up front and says that isn't how life is. In fact, Ecclesiastes, the writer writes, says, Here's some things that happen all the time and make no sense at all. Good people get what's coming to the wicked and bad people get what's coming to the good. I tell you, this makes no sense. It's meaningless. You might say it's twisted. That is absolutely true. I don't like it, but that's true. And... I, I think all you've got to do is look around you today. All you've got to do is go through a painful experience in life, and, and you understand that that's true. And here's the two things that I think we've got to understand coming out of the gate is we don't always get what we deserve in life. Sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. But you're not always going to get what you deserve. And the world, I think, tries to sell us a twisted truth. And I'll be honest, we want to buy in to the world's philosophy on this one. And here's the, the twist. Here's the lie. Bad things happen to bad people. And good things happen to good people. And I want to tell you, neither of those is true. I mean, when good things happen, that, that's a thing called grace. And when bad things happen, it's life. I mean, we don't live in a perfect world. This is in heaven. There is not going to be a happy ever after for everything in our lives, right? I mean, we all attest to that. Life doesn't always go the way we plan. You know, Jesus uh, spoke to the topic numerous times, but one that really stands out to me, Luke 13 it's a great read. It's the first few verses. But Jesus is talking about a recent event that had just happened. And it was kind of on CNN in that day. Everybody was aware of the tragedy. And basically, Pilate had given an executive order for some police action. Basically, he was trying to curtail a couple of people, and he was going to kill them. 
And the situation kind of escalated, and a lot of innocent people died. And so people were asking Jesus to make sense out of that, that this didn't make sense to them. You know, and they were asking, why did the Galileans, I mean, they were innocent, and they were worshiping, but, but they died. Hey, Jesus, you read the paper, didn't you, today? Eighteen people killed. The raid went bad, the walls caved in, and, and some innocent people died. That, the fact is, Jesus, we, we don't understand. And then they asked the pointed question. Did this happen because of sin? And I, Jesus, right up front, says, no, it wasn't about sin. Not everything that happens is your fault that you've brought on. Now, I want to be careful talking about this because it does not negate that we reap what we sow in life. But the fact is, some problems, some pain, some struggles, the, the fact is we bring them on ourselves. And sometimes we are just innocent bystanders. They just happen. It's part of life. The fact is we're going to face some hurt and pain that we don't deserve. We're going to have some losses that, you, that are unexplainable, that you just can't figure out why. But that's, that's the first thing that you've got to understand. Not everything that happens in your life is God's will. Not everything that happens is God's will. You know, so not only do we not bring things on ourselves, but not necessarily is it what God wants. You know, how many of you watched the news this week? I mean, I could name story after story, but I was thinking about the crash out on 40. You know, the semi that crashed in and killed a couple people and 14 people injured. And it's a tragic, tragic situation. And I know when things like that happen... Not only does the world twist the truth, but some Christians twist the truth at this point. I mean, well-meaning. I believe they're well-meaning Christians. But they'll, they'll see something like that, and they'll make comments like, it's really hard to understand, but it's God's will. And friends, that makes me want to shout. That makes me want to scream as a pastor and go, that's not true. That's not true. Not everything that happens in the world is God's will. You know, the Bible says over and over that God's not the author of evil, of bad things. You know, the fact is we, we shouldn't blame God for all the bad in the world, all the evil that exists, uh, because sometimes it's just mistakes people make. Sometimes it's because of sin. You know, we're very sin prone. Sometimes it's just the fact that we live in a fallen world that things happen. And I've said before, God could stop all the bad things in the world like that. All he'd have to do is take away people's freedom to choose. And it could all go away. And I know some of you are going, well, that sounds like a good idea. Take away people's freedom. There's one big problem with this. It's your freedom too. Got to have to take it all away. See, we're so twisted. We're like, well, take away their freedom. Not mine, though. You know, God has a will for your life. And you have a will for your life. And too often in life, we choose my way instead of God's way. And when that happens, friends, inevitably, things get messed up. People get hurt. 
You know, God's not going to force his will on you. But those are foundational truths. We don't always get what we deserve. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. And not everything that happens is God's will. That's foundational to what we're talking about today. Now, I want to be clear that I am not going to be able to explain every tragedy, every loss, every pain in life. There are some things, serious, get a notebook out, write them down. I've got lists of things I'm going to ask God about when I get to heaven, like, explain this one to me, explain this one. Now, my guess is I'll figure it out when I get on the other side, but the fact is I'm not going to be able to answer everything. But what I want to give us is some hope, give us some principles for dealing with the pain, with, with grief, with loss, with those things that just twist us up in life. Now, I'm convinced if you want to get off on, on the right foot, you know, if we're going to be involved in this game of, of Twister, we've got to start in the right direction. And most people, first play, they want to go yellow. You know, they want to they land in the yellow area because that way what we do is we choose to kind of skip over our pain, skip over our, our hurt in, in life. We go yellow. You know, the world will encourage you. They'll say, go yellow. That's the way to go. It's a twisted truth. You know, they, they'll teach you myths like uh, if I ignore my pain, it'll what? Go away. Give me a break. That's, that's, that is so yellow. It's so no, not true. In other words, if, if we just pretend that it never happened or we just kind of gloss over the pain, it'll go away and I'll be okay. And that's, that's absolutely not the case. And it kind of gives birth to another myth, another lie. Again, we want to believe it, but it's easier to avoid a problem than... To face it. What a lie. Not true. Not true. Going yellow doesn't work when it comes to pain. You know, first move, if you're going to land solidly in this twisted game, is you have to deal with the situation. Don't go yellow. Deal with the situation. Deal with the hurt. Deal with the pain. Face it head on in life. When life gets twisted, what happens is we become emotionally charged. You know, anger, fear, depression, worry, sometimes guilt in our lives. But we get, we get geared up with all these emotions. And because we're scared, we go yellow. We go yellow because we can kind of push it away. You know, you get a pink slip at work. We go yellow. Mate walks out. We go yellow. You know, things fall apart. You know, we get manipulated, we get hurt, we get injured, we get used. Life gets twisted. Don't go yellow. You got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. And I've said this before. If you don't deal with it now, it is going to take a lot longer to recover from whatever, whatever it is that you're dealing with. You know, I know as I'm saying that, for some, you've got pain that you glossed over. And you just pushed it down. You know, you pretend it's not there. You act like it doesn't exist. Put on the smiley face. And that's why 10, 20 years later, you're still struggling emotionally with this thing, whatever it was. 
still dealing with, with the hurt and the pain from so long ago. I hear it all the time, people dealing with the pain of an ex or a parent or, you know, a former business partner. You know, someone hurt you. And all these years later, it's still tearing you apart because you went yellow with it. You know, the fact is, part of the problem, I think, and this may have to do with teaching that we grew up with in the church was that this kind of a myth that God wants you to smile no matter what happens in your life. And so we've mistakenly given a message that you shouldn't grieve, that you shouldn't hurt, that you shouldn't question. You know, it's that praise the Lord anyway mentality. You know, whether whether it's a, a child that, that gets cancer or a spouse that gets laid off from work or a, a parent that's battling an illness or, you know, someone stabs you in the back. And, and what you're supposed to do, Christian, you know, we've taught just smile. That's what God's people do. Well, friends, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible, in fact, Jesus, Jesus over and over says exactly the opposite. You know, the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. You know, it's okay to hurt. It's okay to grieve. I've said you got to check yourself if you have something major happen in your life. You know, you go to a funeral and you don't cry. You ought to ask yourself, why? Why not? You know, you get a lot of pain and baggage and stuff that's beating you up and it doesn't affect you. You ought to step back and go, what's, what's going on here? You know, your, your equilibrium is going to get disturbed sometimes. Somebody, somebody's going to betray you and it's going to knock you off balance. You're going to hurt. You're going to face losses. You're going to experience pain. It's part of living. Things get twisted. So what do you do with those feelings? You know, somehow you've got to meet those hurts, that pain, that grief, or whatever it is. You've got to meet it head on in your life. Don't repress it. Don't skim over it. You've got to deal with it. You've got to deal with it. You've got to release it to God. You know, cry out to God and say, God, I'm hurting. I mean, this, this one's awful. This is tough. David, David was like that. I mean, David got twisted several times in his life. And he shouts out to God. You know, the Psalms, he says, pour out your heart to God, for he is our refuge. He goes on in Psalms and says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. First move, don't go yellow. Second one, we're going to go with our our right hand. You know, I want to suggest that when you're in a tight spot, you go green. In life, and that's because this is where life is. This is life-giving move, and that is focus on others. When life twists you, you ought to focus on other people. It sounds so strange, doesn't it? Just opposite of what what, what we think. Galatians, Paul writes, he says, "Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ." This move goes against our our natural inclinations, you know. Our human tendency, I think, when we hurt, when we're in pain, when we suffer a loss, when we're going through a difficult time in our life, 
is what do you want to do? You want to pull back. We want to isolate ourselves. We want to put up walls around us and basically push people back. You know, I don't want to be around people. I'm just hurting too much. And friends, it's the exact opposite of what we need. I mean, not only do we need support from people, you need their perspective in the tough times. You know, when you're in a season of loss, whatever it may be, the, the fact is you don't see the whole picture. You know, our, our focus narrows to what we're going through. And I think we need each other, you know, in, in a very dramatic way. We need people to step in and minister to us, to, to help us, to comfort us, to offer suggestions along the way, to sit with us, to grieve with us, to just be there with us and to not, not be embarrassed about, you know, I need that right now. It's one of the reasons God created the church. You know, we're to be family. You know, look around you. This is family. You know, we need to care for one another. You know, I say this over and over and over to the church. Get in a small group. Get in a small group before the crisis, before the trouble, before you get twisted in life. Get to know people. Get involved in ministry. Get on a team. I don't, I don't care where it is. You know, but so you can connect. We need each other. Hebrews 12, 15 says, look after each other so that none of you will fail to find God's best. See, not only do you need God's promises along the way, you need God's people. Next move here. And I want to suggest we don't go red. Most people go red here. In fact, when life gets twisted, I think some people, that's all they see is red. And I want to suggest you don't go there, but that you watch out for bitterness in your life, that you protect yourself against bitterness. Job, Job writes, he says, some people have no happiness at all. They live and die with bitter hearts. That verse, that just ouch, isn't it? Just live with bitter hearts. I mean, Job, of all people, had every reason imaginable to be bitter. You think about it. He lost his family. He lost his home. He lost his money. He lost his health. He lost everything, but he wasn't bitter. As you read through Scripture, everybody else was getting bitter for him, but he wasn't bitter. And I believe that you have to decide in life, you have to make a choice when you are faced with a twisted situation you got to decide if you're going to be bitter or happy bitter or happy you can't be both when, when we are bitter in our lives and in our heart i'll tell you happiness goes right out the door you know every situation however big or small it may be you have to make a conscious choice am i going to be bitter or am I going to be happy? You have to choose. You have to choose. Happiness is a choice in life. There is no correlation between happiness and circumstance. That's a lie the world teaches. Oh, when I have this, I'll be happy. When this happens, I'll be happy. No, 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 no. Happiness is a choice that we make. You know, I have seen people in the most twisted situations imaginable. I, I've seen people that were raised 
in, in extreme poverty. I've seen people with, that didn't have parents, you know, people that have been abused or neglected in life, and I've watched them maintain a positive attitude in their lives. You know, I've, I've heard them make that commitment to say, you know what, I am going to do something with my life. I'm going to make a difference. I'm, my life's going to count regardless of what's happened. And I've watched those people go on to succeed, to to find meaning in in their life and purpose. And yet I've watched other people that almost nothing major happens in their life, but a little thing goes wrong, and yet they're constantly whining about it. Every day, it's rise and whine, rise and whine, you know. Uh I talked a little bit about this last week. You know, seen situations where, where two people go through the exact same thing. And I realize no two things are exact. But, you know, go through very similar stuff, crisis problems or whatever. And one person will go, we can make it with God's help. We can do this. And I've watched other people go, this is awful. This is unfair. Life is over. Choice. Choice. You know, just to give a little, little perspective, and I think I've shared this before. Do you know most of the world would give their eye teeth to have your problems? I know, you're going, well, you don't know my problems. You know, you don't know about my job. You don't know about my family. You don't know the bills I have. Well, here's what I do know, that there are millions of people in this world that would love to have your problems, would love to have your struggles, would love to have those battles in their life. You know, some of you are worried about, oh, are my kids going to get A's, B's, or C's in school? And there are people throughout this world that are wondering if their kids are going to eat tonight, if their kids are going to see another birthday or not. You know, it's like the old saying, you know, I complained, I had no shoes until I met someone that had no legs. You step back from that and you go, whoa, perspective, perspective. Bitterness, friends, will cause you to get self-centered. And here's just a heads up. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything. In fact, it only makes your life more miserable when you go red, when you decide, you know what, I'm going to resent this and be bitter. Hebrews 12, 15 says, Watch out that no bitterness takes root among you, for it will spring up and what? Poison lives. Friends, when you allow bitterness to build, first it'll poison you, then it'll poison your family, and then it poisons people around you. It just does. It's not good. Paul says, watch out for it. It'll get you. It's twisted. It'll mess you up. I mean, how do you avoid bitterness? Well, I think one, one of the things you have to do is you have to accept what you can't change. That's a hard one because we're people of control, but there are just some things you can't change in life. Job says, reach out to God, then face the world again firm and courageous. You know, faith is not denying reality. It's refusing to be discouraged and giving up when you face reality, you know, sometimes the only way you find peace 
in a situation is you just got to accept it. You got to go, okay, I don't like this. I don't get it. But God, help me. Help me figure out. Help me figure out what I can't change. Help me figure out what I can change in life. And then give me the wisdom to understand the difference between those two. That'll go a long way to helping you navigate through. Accept. Accept what you can't change. And then here's the other one. Look at what's left in your life instead of what you lost. Whatever it is. You know, 1 Thessalonians, Paul says, no matter what happens, always be thankful for this is God's will for you. I think this is misinterpreted sometimes. Paul's not telling us to be thankful for the problem here. He's saying be thankful, find things to be thankful for, find a way to be thankful for what you have left. Be thankful that God is still with you and in the midst of it. You know, your past is your past. Nothing's going to change that. Nothing's going to fix that. No worrying, no resenting, you know, not, not being bitter, you know, not uh, rehearsing it over and over and over in your mind. The fact is, if today if you're depressed about your situation in life, whatever it is that you're battling, I'm convinced one of the ways you kind of deep six depression is you sit down, you get out a piece of paper, and you write down all the things you're thankful for. You know, seriously, sit down, and if you really want to put it down down below, sit down with a piece of paper and write out, you know, 25, 50 things that you are thankful for today. See, it focuses on what we have, and th- this is a critical shift in thinking because at any given time, you could, you could load a paper sometimes with, with the things that are tripping you up and messing you up and, you know, getting in your face. But if you shift and you go, you know what, I'm going to look at what's up, what's on the positive side. Again, not thankful for the loss, not thankful for the pain, but being able to refocus. Now, I will tell you that loss and pain and, and struggles, there, there are upsides to them. You know, one, it'll put everything in perspective very fast, according to how, how twisted the situation. It, it will force you to take a look at your values and your priorities. You know, Jesus said, that's something we get, we get mixed up on a lot. You know, he said, life's not measured by, by what we have or what we own. And basically, it's in those twisted situations. When you get knocked to the mat, that you kind of figure that out. You figure out it's not about, you know, net worth, but it's about self-worth. It's not about possessions, you know, uh, of us thinking that's what life's about, but it's about purpose. You know, it's stuff that we're living on. Make sure it's not what you're living for. You know, seasons of loss, seasons of pain will clarify that stuff for you. You know, the greatest things aren't things at all. They're relationships. They're people. And that's what happens. When you get knocked good, you step back and go, man, that just doesn't make sense to me anymore. It's about people. It's about relationships. You know, remember, it'll help you remember what's important. Here's our last move. We're going to go blue on this one. And it's because I think this is true blue. 
for you. And, and I also believe this will keep you from being so blue in life. And that is learn to depend on Christ. You know, build your foundation on, on Jesus Christ. Philippians uh, 4, I like this translation. It says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or an empty one, with plenty or little, for I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me the strength I need. I've said this before, that that self-talk, I'm okay with self-talk, you know, that idea that we can kind of uh, motivate ourselves to get through things. But friends, that will only take you so far in life. I guarantee you, you lose a loved one close to you and you can talk all you want and it will not get you through. You need the strength of Jesus Christ in your life. I believe one of the keys to crisis control is giving Christ control. Giving, giving the Holy Spirit that, that movement in your life. Letting, letting God be God of that twisted situation, whatever it may be. You know, the acid, acid test uh, of a believer you know, people go, well, I go to church every Sunday. That isn't it. The acid test of a believer is not when we're sitting in church, but it's how we handle life when it knocks us down. I mean, how do you depend on Christ when things get twisted? Well, one is you've got to learn to lean on God, to lean on God, to find your stability, to find your equilibrium in life. When everything else wants to twist you up, to know that Christ can give you that kind of foundation, that God, God's in the midst of it. You know, the fact is that I believe you find stability when you lean on something stronger than you. And trust me, God's a lot stronger than you. You know, the psalmist, Psalms 125, writes, says, those who trust in the Lord are as steady as Mount Zion. It's talking about an actual mountain there unmoved by any circumstance, solid. Watched a documentary, uh, it's been a while back, but uh, it was a documentary about this island in the the South Pacific. And they had uh, hurricanes and tidal waves bearing down on this island, and the people had survived through this without losses. And come to find out, the way they survived, get this, this is high tech, by the way, they tied themselves to big, huge palm trees. (laughs) And they survived that way. And I was thinking, you know what? That's what we need in our life is we need that kind of foundation. You know, we need to tie ourselves to something like that. You know, that God, God says, I'll be your rock. I'll be your salvation. That, that's stability in life. I also think you've got to listen to God. Listen to God for direction. You know, some of you are in troubled times right now. To listen to God for that direction, for guidance. You know, what's the next step? What's the next move? What should I do? Because God wants to help. God wants to get involved in that. Second Samuel writes, Lord, you give light to my lamp. Help me figure out where I'm going. The Lord brightens the darkness around me. With your help, I can attack an army. With God's help, I can jump over walls. Sounds like a superhero, doesn't it? The way of God. 
are without fault. The Lord's words are pure. He is the shield to those who trust him. You need to remember God cares about you. God wants to guide you. God wants to give you the power to to deliver you through whatever it is you're going through. And God's always got your best interest at heart. You've got to listen to God, though. You know how you do that? Well, spend some time in God's Word. You know, pray on a regular basis. Keep your mouth shut once in a while and listen. Just listen for God to give you direction. And look for God for that salvation in your life. You know, it's interesting. The word salvation, so many times we think about, you know, heaven. You know, when we talk about salvation, we're talking about being heaven bound. But the the Hebrew word for salvation is freedom. It's deliverance. It's restoration. It's help. It's wholeness. It, It embodies all those things. You know, so when the, the psalmist writes in Psalm 62, he says, He alone is my rock and my salvation, my wholeness, my fortress, and I shall be, not be shaken. Friends, when life gets twisted, when it threatens to tie you up in knots, and, and it will, I, I want to suggest that when you get in this game, you find some solid ground. God can give you that ground. One of the songs I loved as a child, I still do, I find myself singing you know, in my car. If you ever see me driving and I'm just singing, that, I may be, that may be what I'm doing. I'm not talking to myself. But on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Some of the dark days in my life that's what I download into my brain. You know, and I can remember many, many times it's, it's, it has paid in high dividends. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All the other things, man, they're sinking sand. They will sell you down the creek and they will twist you up. I would challenge you, whatever it is today, you know, Pain, hurt, loss, struggles, you know, battles in life, whatever it is, just give it up to God today. We're going to have a word of prayer. The song we're singing, Sweetly Broken, you know, just lift up to God when we're singing that. Uh, if we're having communion following that, that um, song, and so if you need to be somewhere, just kind of silently slip out on the the last part of the music and uh, we'll transition into communion. Let, let's stand for a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we just ask that you would minister to our spirits. God, I know there are people here today that they're hurting. Life's crashing. The struggles are great. Not even sure how to take the next step, maybe. God, I pray that you would give us wisdom, that um, you'd help us get a perspective. Most of all, God, we'd let you in. We'd let you be the Lord of whatever it is. God, we don't thank you for the problems or the, the struggles, but we thank you that you promised to be with us in those. 
You promised to always help us find the good in life. God, I pray that in all things that we'd make you the Lord of all of it. It's in Christ's holy name we pray.